welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Jean Renee, better known as JR to her friends and family, is the native of Bronx, New York. Now a 20-plus year resident of Tampa, Florida, advocate for financial literacy and empowerment, a national TV contributor for The Rick Amato Show, and recurring contributor for Affluence Magazine, a magazine about finances for women. JR became a financial professional after experiencing a hardship in her personal life and she needed it to change. Her determination, drive, and unwavering resilience to achieve financial security kept her going through difficult times. Her financial knowledge increased over time, along with her passion to educate single women and mothers on taking control over their financial well-being. The key to her mission was not only learning, but teaching how money works. She has now partnered with financial experts with over 100 years of combined experience under the Wealth Wave umbrella. Armed with multiple strategies to help women and families position themselves with stronger financial foundation. JR is excited about what the future holds, not only for her life and transformation, but the people she impacts. JR, I am really happy that you said yes to being on the GYSB Talks podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Get your <laughs> sexy back. I'm excited too. And I'm so glad that you said get your sexy back. People, you guys know GYSB stands for get your sexy back. And today we are getting our sexy back in our finances as parents or aunties or grandparents for our kids. It is so important for us to be financially literate. So um, historically, you know, money talk has been the role of the man in the family. That's just how it's been. But mm -hmm. lately, JR, it seems like women are, we're getting better at educating ourselves about money and we're knocking it out of the park in real estate and the stock market and even getting really savvy with insurance like yourself. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you're here because Thank there are you. still a lot of us who need to have these conversations about money and to educate um, ourselves a little bit better as it relates to money. And I'm not terrible with money. I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself for some of the accomplishments that I've made with money, like getting out of debt and connecting with you and getting some life insurance for me and my <laughs> son. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for those things, but I still have so much to learn. And I realized that I didn't know as much as I thought I knew about finances when you had me take the how money works test. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell yes. me, tell, let's share with the audience a little bit about what that test tells you once you get the results. So essentially there's uh, five questions that I start out with. Um, and I'm not going to give the questions away. You can just contact me. It takes five minutes for the test. But what it tells us is how much you actually do understand about money. There's a lot of different things going on. And yes, I have to agree with you. We are making so much progress as far as women in understanding that we need to actually have and understanding about money. So with this test, I kind of gauge some areas that we need to concentrate on when we're talking uh, about finances. Um, You mentioned life insurance and getting life insurance from me. So let me first say that when I interact with people, it's all about giving them an education. Yep. Although I can help them with other things, the first thing that I really wanna do is make sure that I educate you. If you become a client, you'll then understand that you're really part of a family. And, you know, like, uh, I'll just put this out there, like in Caller and my situation, she's in California, I'm in Florida, I'm jumping out of the bed in my pajamas, we doing a Zoom yep. with me in a headscarf because she had some questions. Yep. So it's all about educating individuals. That is first and foremost. I mean, what used to be a male-dominated industry, and it, it, you know, let me back up a little bit. It still is to a degree, mm-hmm. but women, women are getting out there. And why? Number one, we live longer than men. Mm-hmm. And so what used to be, as we stated, the man taking care of the finances, if there's a divorce or a death of that male, then the woman now has to start taking charge of what was going on. And it is at that time that if there was some sort of financial professional in the family, he geared his attention to the man, the man made all the decisions and left the woman out. So if for some reason there's a separation or a death, then the woman is going to go and look for a different financial professional. And nine out of nine, or I should say nine out of 10 times, she's going to look for a woman. Mm. So it's good that women are actually wanting to learn how money works. It's very Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Very important. And you work a lot with kids too at church. I do. I do. Um, And high schools, actually. I know that I've been doing a lot of posting about some things that I've been doing with some of the young folks at my church. But I find that in families in general, nobody talks about um, money. We don't Mm -hmm. sit at the dinner table and say, hey, Ma, what stock did you check out today? Or, um, hey, daughter, did you put some of your allowance money away? So last month, the church did a financial uh, literacy uh, program through the church. And during the last two classes, I noticed that there were only two young adults. They were uh, 19, 19 and 20 or 21. And they were the two young adults of a, a couple that was in the church. And during the classes, I said to myself, why don't we have any young people in here? Mm. Um, so two things. Number one, I spend a lot of time with the young children from five to 12. And those are the ones that I've been concentrating on, on providing them with just some basic information. Number two, because we did a session with the adults and finances, I am now actually going to be teaching a class the entire month of May to the youth in my church, those who are 13 to 18. I teach that class in general, but now I'm going to concentrate on finances because they'll be getting summer jobs, different things of that nature. And if they don't know how to put 
50 cents of that dollar away, they're going to find themselves in the same situation that their parents may or may not be in currently or that I was in at their age uh, because we just, we don't teach them. You get a dollar, you spend a dollar. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's the same. Like for me, I didn't see, my mom always paid her bills on time. That's one, that's one thing I took away from money lessons from my mom. I have always paid my bills on time. My mom would be running to pay a bill before five o'clock because she didn't want to be late and she didn't want Mm -hmm. a late fee. So I did, I did pick that up. But as far as like having conversations about money at dinner or having conversations about reading the financial section of the newspaper, we didn't do any of that at home. And so you, what you, what I saw was, and we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So I saw a lot of my time growing up, my, my parents were, they were kind of scraping by, you know, because they probably picked up what they learned from their parents. And so each generation, the hope is that each generation gets better, more financially savvy, um, much better with money and having more money in the bank or money that you can use to make investments or life insurance policies. Like that is the goal. So when you say that you work with kids at church, you were working with the little kids Mm -hmm. and their parents, like what, what were some of the things that you were like, what age were they and what were you teaching them? Okay. So we have a young group called I am special. It's the little girls, they're ages five through 12 and each age group has a, a little name for their group. But right now I'm working with the five through 12 year olds. And so these last two lessons that we did this month, well, let's go back just a little bit. So about two years ago, just before COVID, we did a finance class. And so, you know, you want things to be fun for the children. And so what I did was I bought the little plastic mason jars and I bought a bunch of stickers and I had the girls decorate the uh, jar any way they wanted. And our goal, because they're five through 12, you have to do simple things because you want to keep their attention. So I said, we're going to talk about saving. And um, we discussed how much an item might talk cost, giving them money, what they would do with their money and everything. And, you know, I made it like a fun game for them. Mm-hmm. And then every girl was able to walk out with money. I gave everybody money for their jar. It wasn't a lot. Um, and I'll be honest, I gave each young lady a dollar mm-hmm. put in their jar. Now, the next time I saw them, I said, um, where's your money? Some of them had spent it immediately, <laughs> immediately. One young lady, actually, who I, I'll be honest, I expected more from her because of who her parents are. But again, we have to understand that children will do what they see. So I said, well, where's your dollar? She said, well, I spent it to get um, to pay for a casual day at school. And I said, well, why would you do that when you get a casual day every Friday? <laughs> that was a poor choice. But, you know. I didn't tell her it was a poor choice, but, you know, five, six years old, those are the things that they're thinking about. What disturbed me, though, is the fact that mom and or dad did not point that out to her. Hmm. I sent the kids home and told and I and I asked them before they left, what was the main thing you learned from this class? We learned that we need to save our money. Okay, fantastic. But not everybody saved. Okay, let's fast forward pandemic is over. We're able to get back into the classrooms and things like that. And um, the director reached out to me. She's like, listen, we need to get you back in there to talk to these girls, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, you know, I'm always game. 
All righty. So this time I asked the young ladies, how many in here have the banks that I um, helped you to make or, you know, provided you with the stuff to make? Several of them raised their hands. I said, how many of you have put money in your bank? How many of you are actually saving money? And this is two years later, right? Yes, ma'am. And some of them raised their hand and they're like, yes, because see, this is the whole thing. I'm going to give you a dollar. You probably blew that dollar. But now we've gone, we've had some years pass by. You've been getting allowance money, perhaps, or birthday money, Christmas money, whatever. Are you putting that money in the jar? Are you remembering at least that one word? That was the one word we had to concentrate on saving. Is that what you're doing? So some of them did. So now you have to do activities with the children to help them understand what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So this particular class, there was 25 kids in the class. So we had five families. And they were all run by single moms because it's a girls group. Mm -hmm. So the older girls were the moms. And I gave them some of the younger girls as their kids. And I said, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to write down everything that you want. I said, you go around your family and you ask each member in the family what they want. And you can write down one thing. And then I randomly gave everybody rent. You got 300, you got 250, you got 100, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Here's what your water bill is, your electric bill. You know, just shout out at some bills and gave them dollar amounts. And then and each family had different dollar amounts. And then they all had basically the same amount of money. I went and got some Monopoly money. I bought the game just for them to be able to have some dollar figures and passed out the money. One family had $1 left. One family was a negative $46. Another family had a few bucks left over. And they all understood, well, we have no money for our wants, but we can take care of our needs. Mind you, it's a church group. They're taught to pay tithe and offering. Mm -hmm. And I skipped the offering, but I said, we are going to definitely be paying tithes because I already knew they weren't going to have enough money to some degree. Mm -hmm. And... They were saying things at the end like, oh, I'm going to have to get a second job to take care of my family and everything. That particular exercise was to give them an idea about some of the struggles that their own family may or may not be going through. Because mm -hmm. some of them come from single parent families. Some of them come from two parent families and they're still struggling with this economy the way that it is today. If we don't get an understanding about how money works, if we don't save we're going to be lost. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. going to be lost. Look at all these companies, you know, um, laying people off. Mm -hmm. And then the next exercise we did was uh, I brought the Monopoly cards in. And you know how they have Vermont Avenue and mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, Tennessee Lane or whatever. So they each had to pick a state. And we broke them up again into families, but I called them roommates. I'm like, you're college roommates now. Mm -hmm. Here goes some money, gave everybody some Monopoly money. I said, now look and tell me how much it costs to um, live where you are. And I gave them a grocery list. How much does it cost if you were to shop at Trader Joe's in your state? How much does it cost for you to buy all these foods? And how much would it cost you if you sh shopped at Publix or something like that? But you know what we learned? If you go shopping in Walmart in Florida, the same price is in Alabama or New York or Tennessee. Because one family, I said, okay, you're going to shop at Walmart. And they were in, I don't know, Delaware. But the prices were the same. Because one of the things I had done was I went online to Walmart and said, well, how much is a package of chicken thighs? How much is a bottle of ketchup? Mm -hmm. And I wrote those things on cards. And they had to come up to the table and blindly pick some cards. And whatever cards they had, that's the price or the item that they had to investigate in the state and where they lived. Mm -hmm. Some of them walked away. You know, one young lady, 
she had lamb chops. And so the adult that was helping that particular team, she said, listen, we're not about to spend $27 on some lamb chops. Can we look for a less expensive meat? I'm like, yes. So that right there, I thought was a very good idea. Mm -hmm. These young ladies were understanding the concept of, I might want lamb chops, but my budget is mm. not about to afford me some lamb chops. Mm -hmm. So let me go get some chicken thighs or, um, um, you know, some ground beef where I can make two or three meals. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the purpose of the lesson was to get them to understand that number one, you can't live any place free. And number two, everything has a cost mm -hmm. and you have to realize that you're going to have to pay that price or come up with a different idea on how to survive things mm -hmm. that you have to do. And it's all, everything, everything, everything is all around money, all around bartering to some degree. So when you had these classes with the children, and I'm asking these questions in case other people want to do exercises like this, mm -hmm. when you had these classes with the children, how did you connect with the families like in total afterwards? Like you had the class with the kids, then the parents, how did those conversations come together? Um, well, essentially what I did was I just explained to the parents what um, we did in the class because the parents would come and pick up the kids afterwards. And I would tell them, you know, ask your kids about what they learned. Um, but I would also share with the parents about some of the things that they that we did in the class, because here's the thing. I was a single parent, too. I've been married 15 years, but I raised my children until they were, what, 10 or 8, something like that, without um, a second half. And one of the things that I did, and this is, you know, something that I share with parents is, although you may not tell them the actual amount of what a bill is, you should still encourage or include your children in your bill paying process. Hmm. So let them know, hey, we have rent we have to pay this month. The electric bill is coming. The water bill is coming. And we need to go get some groceries. We also need gas for the car. And you know, everybody believes that a five-year-old child needs a cell phone. I don't know why. However, we all have cell phones. So these are things that we have to take care of. And this is what mommy does with the money. So understand that sometimes, and this is, this is a conversation I have with my own children. Sometimes I may not have the money to do the things that you want to do. It doesn't mean I don't want to do them and I don't support you. Mm -hmm. But we have to take a look at, 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 at exactly what's going on. This is what's most important. Now, mind you, my situation was somewhat different from some folks because I had a father and a stepfather who helped take care of the kids. So Christmas time, one would take care of clothes. Summertime, another one would take care of the clothes, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that actually helped when they got older and they started going to college. I really told my parents, y'all need to take care of them because I'm paying tuition. I'm paying for cars, things of that nature. So I couldn't do it all on myself. And I was married uh, or am married, you know, at the time. But for the younger children, you, you have to start talking to them. And let me let me share this story because I shared with my kids about finances and some bills that we had to pay. My son became an entrepreneur at um, age four. Five. What grade was he in? So he went to first grade when he was five years old. So he was in the second grade at, at age six. Mm -hmm. So my son became an entrepreneur at age six. And you may say, well, what do you mean? How? He doesn't know anything about that. And you're right. He didn't. But I was a single parent with two children. You know, and everybody has a label for you. Oh, your, your children are at risk. No, my children are not at risk because I'm, I'm going to take the time to educate them. So explaining these things to my kids. My son would go to school because he took 
lunch to school, even though they were eligible for free free lunch. We didn't do that. He took lunch to school. Do you know this little boy would sell his Rice Krispie treats for two dollars? <laughs> do you hear me? Now that's a lot that of money cute. for a Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> but if you eat in school lunch, you want that Rice Krispie treat, baby. So now I had no idea. Let me tell you how I found out about it. My daughter had an event at church and it was just for girls. So I looked at my son after dropping her off. We had a couple of free hours. I looked at my son and I said, well, son, what would you like to do? Well, mommy, I want to go shopping. I said, well, son, I just don't have any money. He said, but mommy, I have money. I said, what? How do you have money? Because I sure enough didn't give him any. There was no birthday happening anytime soon for him. He's a September baby. Girl, when I tell you this six-year-old pulled a wad of cash out of his pockets, he had enough money to buy some Levi jeans oh my goodness. And, and some Timberlands at the time. Do you hear me? He was selling a lot of Rice Krispie treats. He was probably taking more than one a day. <laughs> Look, I, I was packing the lunch, so I don't know. But yes, he had enough money to take care of that. And I, I mean, I remember this. Oh my goodness, just like it was yesterday. We went to visit some family. They told him how nice he looked. And I'm sitting here bragging on my son about how he saved his money and he purchased his clothes himself. And since my son has been six years old, he's been giving me money ever since. Mm. He came to me one night, mommy, here goes some money for bills. Mm. I said, what? Yes. So if you start educating, age six is a good time. You'll find that you're wealthy spend time beginning at the age of six, educating their children about money. And here's something else. Please make your children read. Make them read. Hmm. Give them some fun books to read. What does your child like? Because, you know, kids don't like to read in general. But what does he like to do? He likes comics? Well, get him some comic books. He likes cars? Get him books about cars. Your daughter? She likes clothes. Get her some fashion magazines. You want them to read because Everything is hidden in a book. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everything is hidden in a book. Mm -hmm. Get them to read. Yeah. I like that you're saying to, um, to read, of course, but then also how you're saying to incorporate your kids in the finances. And my son, he still lives at home. But one thing that I decided when he was 18 and he didn't go to college because he's pursuing a different um, career. He's pursuing mm -hmm. a career in the music industry. And I don't mind him staying home. I don't. But right. what I'm not going to do, you don't get to live here for free. Exactly. So he has rent that he has to pay me, you know, a percentage of my rent. Mm -hmm. uh, well, a percentage of his income goes towards, you know, my rent, mm -hmm. our rent, because we both live here. And then mm -hmm. he pays the gas bill, which is really high in, in the wintertime. Yes. Um, and and he sees, you know, these are the bills that are coming in. He knows what bills come in. He knows when rent is due. And I do not play about my rent. And he pays it on time. That's right. right? And so the thing is, and also with the groceries, I still buy the groceries sometimes, but sometimes he'll buy his own groceries. But there were times when I was buying all the groceries, but I would send him to the grocery store with a certain amount of money. And I'd be like, don't spend more than than this. You can't. Mm -hmm. So he would have to like kind of budget out, like, what can I get? What can I get? My things had to be picked up. So right. whatever was left, you were able to get your things that you want. Sometimes it's extra little treat or whatever, but sometimes you don't have the money for that. 
Exactly. Right. So like these are the ways that I kind of teach him about budgeting and, and finances, too. But I, I also, of course, I would love for him to know more, especially as somebody who's going into the music industry. You Do you have books that you recommend for kids and parents? Number one, How Money Works, Stop Being a Sucker. Hmm. That's the book written by the founder of our company. Mm-hmm. And the book is actually written on a fifth grade level. Okay. You may think that's insulting, but it's not. It's got cartoon characters. Every page has a picture on it. The book can honestly be read in an hour. Mm-hmm. So let me give you an example. Um, one of my business partners has a set of twins and the twins were reading the book. Now they know that mommy and grandmama have a savings account for them and everything. After they read the book, one of the twins went to her mother and said, listen, I know y'all got a savings account for us, but is our money getting simple or compound interest? Mm. The book the book breaks it down for you. It gives you some great examples. So at the age of six, your children need to be reading. The How Money Works book is written for the fifth grade you know, age level, but the parents can read that. Um, I uh, saw a book that I was... Um, thrilled about called Little Damon Learns to Earn. And that book is actually written by, um, what's his name? Damon Johns, I believe it is. Um, The gentleman who created FUBU. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That book is written by him. Adults, because I think that you, you know, really should be talking with the kids and including them. I, I, I don't have too many books for children, but you can, you know, basically just do a little bit of research. But I would recommend that book because I, I, I kind of like the theme of what was going on through that book. For your parents, you've got books like um, The Retirement Miracle, The uh, Swiss Army Knife. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Barefoot Investor. And this is for people who are beginners in, in, um, in finance. The okay. Barefoot Investor by Scott Papp, P-A-P. Uh, the One Page Financial Plan by Carl Richards. Um, read uh, Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. Mm. The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. And of course, The Richest Man in Babylon. You can't forget um, Robert uh, Kiyosaki. Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is it? Rich Man, Poor, poor, Rich poor, dad, poor dad. dad, Poor Dad. I've got that book at home. I can never get the title right. Sharon Lecter, who also wrote books with Kiyosaki and also um, has written books for his foundation. But let me say this. My company has the How Money Works book, Stop Being a Sucker. But Sharon Lecter is also writing a book about women and their finances for us. Mm. When I tell you it is definitely something that you want to get a hold of. Um, It's not out yet. It's actually probably going to be coming out in the summer. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called How Money Works for Women. Take Control or Lose It. Mm. Sharon Lecter and Kim Schooler. Kim Schooler uh, is an attorney. And what we have done with this book, I'll let a little bit of the secret out of the bag, is we have geared it toward everyone. It 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that woman whose husband died, that grandmother who's possibly having to take care of grandkids, 
or that woman who has to take care of her, her aging parents. The book is going to come out with many different scenarios to give you an idea on some things that you can do to manage your money, the direction that you can go into. I just, I cannot express how important it is for us to really get a grasp on understanding about money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When So, okay, that's good. And then you also do the life insurance where parents can get life insurance for their kids too. Yes, indeed. So Okay, so can you talk a little bit about that? I don't want to confuse people, but just like a little overview of like at what age parents should get this life insurance, you know, cash value, life insurance, all these things. Okay. Well, your um, permanent insurance is the only thing that's going to be available for a child. They have to be 18 or older to get the term um, insurance. So let's just explain a few things. Number one, you have term, which is for a limited time frame, anywhere from five to 35 years. I don't think I've seen anything for more than 35 years. Okay. When you're purchasing insurance, you want to make sure you're purchasing the right kind. So you really want to look for a term policy that includes living benefits. Everybody thinks that life insurance is for when you die, but life insurance tells you what it's for. It's for your life, and life means living. So if you become disabled or something, you need something that's going to be able to help you. All righty? We're not going to go into that because our conversation is really about children. But just to give you an idea, that, that that's your term. So in discussing things for our children... You want a permanent policy. Now, I'm not going to disparage any one company or anything of that nature. What I am going to say is you really need to talk to a financial professional. Now, if someone walks into your home and says, okay, I'm going to just write a million dollar policy for you, you need to run away from that person Mm -hmm. because number one, they didn't educate you on anything. And I say that you need an education because when times get hard, the first bill that goes is the life insurance payment. It sure is. And you don't understand the value of it. You don't understand the importance of it. And you have people whose mindset who's like, oh, the government's going to take care of me or my family will take care of me. Well, your family is grieving over your passing or over the passing of the child. Why would you want them to have to contend with the fact that now I got to find a way to bury you properly? Mm -hmm. Or go out on the street with a bucket. Yes. We're doing fish fries and go fund me. We've got mm-hmm. to stop with that. That's horrible, even for a child's death, you know? And it's it's very disheartening to me because I talk to so many people. They don't do anything. Unfortunately, something happens. And then what? You know, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm saying, I told you so. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also in the front of my mind praying, saying, Lord, let this be a lesson to others, mm-hmm. you know, because they're not prepared. But insurance, you have what is called whole life. It builds cash value. You have the index universal life. It builds cash value. You're going to have many people out there talking about many different things. If you have a good financial professional, one who's going to sit down and educate you first, then I believe that you can trust that individual with the um, product recommendation. I offer both. However, I'm a little bit more prone to tell you about the Index Universal Life because of the flexibility. Now, as soon as your child is born, the first thing you're going to do is file for a Social Security number. The day you get it in the mail is the day you need to be calling me. Hmm. So the child is 10 days old because you you filed for the social on day number two of birth. We need a policy on that baby. And you might say, why? It's just a baby. Okay. Three months down the road, your child's diagnosed with some strange cancer. You're now uninsurable. Hmm. Guess what? 
If you got that policy when the baby was born, there's nothing that can be done about that um, cancer now. And, 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 I know I said that three times and I said it for a reason. And there are living benefits, chronic illness, things of that nature in the index universal life policy, which would allow for you to possibly be able to get some of the funds from the policy to help your child. Mm -hmm. Now, these types of policies are fantastic for the future. You know, and you have people say, oh, that's just making money for the insurance company. No, if you set it up incorrectly, yes. If you do a level benefit on a policy where cash value is growing and you only do level benefit, that means that the insurance company will keep all of the growth, but you want an increasing benefit so that you can take advantage of what is actually growing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because those funds growing allow you to do many things. Right. You great things with that money. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to set your child up to actually be a millionaire 30 years after birth. They shouldn't have to work. We have to start thinking about that. And life insurance is a great way to pass on a legacy. Mm -hmm. To build yeah. I, I hear a lot of wealthy people talking about life insurance. These aren't necessarily white uh, wealthy people. These are black wealthy people. Mm -hmm. um, and they're they're saying, you know, the, the white wealthy people have been doing this for, you know, forever. And it's something that we haven't quite grasped or utilized. So I love that you're saying this. If people want to talk to you more about this and get some education from you, how do they get in touch with you? I'm all over Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, but you can always text me or email me. My number is 813-810-0871. Shoot me a text message because if you call me, you'll go to my voicemail. My phone will send you the voicemail automatically. But send me a text because even when I'm busy, I'm able to shoot you back a text real quick mm -hmm. and you can email me. But just look me up all over the Internet. And I wanted to share something because you made mention about uh, black wealthy folks talking about life insurance and how we're just so far behind. Let me share this story with you. And here's another book you can read. What would the Rockefellers do? Okay. In, okay. in the first five pages of this book, back in 1800, 1840 something. Um, those of us who are older have heard of Van the Vanderbilt and the Rockefellers. Well, the Vanderbilt family went bottoms up. All the money that Big Daddy Vanderbilt had squandered away and grown and invested and built a financial empire for his family, 40 years after Big Daddy Vanderbilt's death, the family was more than broken. No money. 40 years the Rockefellers, because of what Big Daddy Rockefeller did back in the 1800s, do you know they are on generation number six mm -hmm. living off of that money? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The number one reason why? They keep it in a trust. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had and understood. Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay. But that, that's it. We have got to just learn to follow what we see our counterparts doing. Because some, some of what we see. Them. 
Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because they some of them are crooked. Some, some people are crooked. Period. Exactly. Exactly. But we, 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 we've got to learn. And there's a, excuse me, a lot of information out there. A lot of information out there. But reach out to me because I do classes online. Um, and uh, we do um, talks. You know, if you're in the Florida area, I can come to where you are talk to your ladies group, what have you. Um, and again, remember, I'm all about education. I'm not trying to sell anyone anything because if I sell you something, you don't see the value in it. But if I educate you on the importance of something and show you and demonstrate to you how you can benefit, yeah. it's, it's, it's a program that you'll put in place for yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I paid for my wedding off of my life insurance policy. Okay. I was just sharing with somebody today, my wedding, and my honeymoon, all I left my wedding, or I should say, I returned from my honeymoon debt free. Mm. Mm -hmm. Debt free. And you know, people's twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars on a wedding. Why? I can't see the sense in that, but that's not me. But what so if, if somebody if somebody was our age and they had a kid getting married, could they use some of their life insurance policy to pay for their kid's wedding? If they have money built up in it, yes. Please understand that you don't start the policy today and you get cash value tomorrow of course of course it takes time mm -hmm. it takes time but yes if they've had their policy long enough you just make a phone call and say hey i need to get a loan from myself they can send you a check in three days or you can just pay the 25 30 dollar fee and have it deposited into your bank account and you're good to go that is so, your money okay because you use the word loan which makes it confusing okay. because yeah and I think that's what often confuses people is kind of like the language. They don't quite understand it. So you're paying into a policy. And then if you paid enough into the policy and you're able to get money out to pay for something like school or a wedding for your kids or, or whatever. And yeah, mm -hmm. or pay for a car. And then you're contacting the insurance company and you're saying, hey, I'd like to get a loan. What does that really mean? If it's a All loan, right. then you're going to have that to pay back. Right. So. Um, what you're doing is you're actually borrowing from the cash value, but you're technically, it's called using other people's money. I don't want to mm -hmm. go into all these details because it's a lot, Yeah. but let's just keep it simple. I have um, a $200,000 life insurance policy. I've had my plan for, let's just say 10, 15 years. I've been paying into it and my cash value is probably, let's just say hypothetically, I've got about 20 grand saved in the in the cash value the cash value has grown to 20 grand okay i call the life insurance company i'm like i need a loan for about ten thousand dollars they send me the ten thousand dollars you have an option and the representative on the other line will ask you do you want to pay this back or do you just want the money i would tell you that you want to pay it back why because number one it doesn't affect what's going on with your policy, but if you have a loan against the policy that you haven't paid back, should you pass away, your $200,000 policy will be decreased by the 10 grand mm -hmm. okay. um, because you're using, you know, some of the cash value that's built up. Now, makes sense. when you pass away, you will receive the 190. Thank you. The $190,000 plus whatever the cash value is left in the policy, all of that goes to your benefactor. Got it. Makes I know sense. we have people out there who say, oh, you don't get your money and this and that. No, that's not true. It is not true. 
it is not true. Okay. Don't believe the hype that's out there. Yeah. Talk to a financial professional and don't listen to your mommy and your dad um, because they're not in the field. They're going to educate you based on what they know, which is not a problem, but you still want to get a professional to help you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So to sum it up, make sure that your children are getting some sort of financial literacy education at a very young age, make sure that they're understanding what it means to have a budget, understanding that there are bills, wants and needs that yeah. um, that have to be considered when you're doing a budget and you're paying your bills and you're trying to survive in this world. And also get yourself educated on some of the books that you've suggested and also make sure that you get an education on life insurance, whether you meet with JR or somebody else that you know. Make sure you go with some questions. And as you're having those discussions with that life insurance representative, make sure you're listening and asking questions and getting clarity. I think yes. it's so important. And it's like what you were saying at the beginning, like you and I were on Zoom. I'm like, I don't quite understand this. And if I do X, Y, and Z, what does that mean for this? Because I just didn't understand it. I don't even know if I'm still like completely clear, but you really did help make things clear enough for me to move forward with right. getting a policy for myself and a policy for my son. So, you know, I, I appreciate it. And I do want to look at some of those books that you suggested. I do have a couple of them already, but I definitely need to get these other books. And I want to get that book that this lady that you said is coming out with shortly this summer. Yes. I'll put um, you on my waiting list because yeah, put um, me on we'll know first. That. Yeah. I yeah. actually pre-ordered some. Okay, good. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate you and I look forward to maybe having you back again so we can talk more about money and insurance. And yes. until then, if you all want to stay connected with me, GYSB Movement, you can find me on social media platforms like, you know, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, you know, TikTok. I have to be on TikTok. So I'm on all three of those platforms. Um, please follow the podcast. Give it a follow. Turn on your notifications so that you know when the episodes are dropping. We drop episodes every Monday at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, so share the podcast out if there's an episode that really resonated with you and you just absolutely love it or you like it enough to tag me on Instagram. Take a screenshot of the episode, upload it to your Instagram story, tag me. I will reshare it. But I'm really trying to grow this podcast. I'm trying to help all the women who want to connect with me, women in their 50s or 40s or 60s who want to elevate to their next level of optimal living financially, physically, emotionally um, and spiritually stay connected with me let's do this thing together it's better together right it's better it sure together. Is. it, it sure is. is all and right the podcast is great folks let me just add that because i listen to her thank you <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody take care thanks jr thank you bye-bye All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. 
The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.